Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I'm really excited today to talk about living unoffended in a cancel culture world. Now, this is my second episode on offense. I did one a while back. It was episode 24. So if you just can't get enough of talk on offense, you can go check that out when you're done this one. But as strange as it sounds, talking about offense is one of my favorite topics. And I think it's because I am so easily offended. Like I really, really am. I'm such a sensitive person. So when someone gives me a dirty look or responds with a grumpy tone, I'm offended. When someone cuts me off in traffic or responds with an emojiless text, I'm offended. When someone doesn't meet my expectations or doesn't say or do what I think they should or what I would have done in a given situation, I'm offended. And for most of my adult life, not only did I not realizing, realize how living easily offended was negatively impacting my life, I didn't know that I could change. I had no idea that I could become an unoffended person. Now, not to say that things don't still come up or that things don't continue to irritate or bother me, that things don't continue to hurt me. The world is still broken and I am still very sensitive, but I'm not stuck in it. I'm not weighed down carrying around offenses and I know what to do when offense comes my way. So here's what I want to say. Give me 20 minutes today. Let me share with you some really common things we do when we are offended. Things we do that actually make things worse for us. Things that maybe have become habitual in our lives, but they don't have to be. Because we can't necessarily control what comes our way, but we do have a say in our mindset and our behaviors once an offense comes at us. And why would we want to work at becoming unoffended? Because holding on to offense, seeking out offense, and cultivating offense is growing something inside of us. And the fruit of offense is agitation, discontentment, anger, anxiety, and depression, just to name a few. Offense growing in our heart actually blocks the things we want to see grow in our lives. It cuts us off from joy, from hope, from peace, and from love. So it's worth going after because offense is not only destroying 
our relationships with others, it's destroying us from the inside out. Okay, so are you with me? First off, we live in a world where offense is the norm. We see it online in the comment section and more recently in our ever-growing cancel culture. When we are personally offended, we tend to relay that offense to others over coffee or sitting around with girlfriends, or maybe we even take to social media to vent. And others rally around us, affirming our right to be upset. And when someone else is offended and shares about it, we jump on the bandwagon and we become offended right along with them. When we scroll through the comment section anywhere, we may be unaware of this, but often we're actually looking for offense. This is where we're seeking out offense. Sometimes we're looking for someone who agrees with us, especially if it's a controversial topic. And we want to use that agreement to build our case against those who disagree with us or we disagree with. Or maybe we're just looking to see what others are saying that who disagree with our point of view. Now, all of these actions can seem harmless at the time. Sitting with a girlfriend over coffee and just sharing with her the latest way somebody frustrated you. I recently had a situation where um, I had gone to the gym and I was going up the stairs. It's a gym I've been to many times the last few months, carrying a little backpack on my back with my keys and my phone. And as I'm going up the stairs, this lady starts running after me yelling, ma'am, ma'am, you can't have your backpack in there. Um, the inspector comes, we're going to get shut down. And, and I was, I was, A, I was shocked, first of all, that I was getting yelled at um, and chased down when I'd, I, every time I'd gone to the gym, I'd use this backpack. And so as I relayed that story to various people, this was me just innocently sharing my story of offense with someone else. And so all of these things, they just seem so harmless and, and generally they're habitual. Looking at the comment section, they're, they seem harmless, and they're habitual. But each of them are the process of cultivating offense in our heart. And through that, we're planting seeds of bitterness that begin to take root and cause damage from the inside out. Now, Galatians 6-7 says, a man reaps what he sows. And this is where we have to pause and ask ourselves, what are we sowing in our hearts? We can't sow offense and bitterness into our heart but then somehow hope that magically joy and peace will happen to be the thing that grows from that seed. I was sharing with some friends recently that when I was in Arizona a few years ago, there was a grapefruit tree by the pool. And you may not know this, but before grapefruit become full-size ripened grapefruit, they look a lot like a shocking like similarity to limes. So I spent the greater part of one afternoon trying to convince my husband that it must be a hybrid tree. I exhausted myself Googling it until I finally gave up and conceded to the fact that it was, it was just a grapefruit tree. A grapefruit tree had been planted and that was the type of fruit that was, that was being evident on this tree. And the same is true with us. And, 
And sometimes we plant a fence in our hearts, but we're genuinely surprised when we're not experiencing the fruit of peace or the fruit of joy. Um, We have, like I talked about earlier, we have other fruit that we are bearing in our lives because of the offense that we're seeking out, that we are cultivating. We get offended by that friend who didn't text us back or that family member that said something dumb that irritated us. And instead of having the difficult conversation to clarify it, we cultivate offense. Instead of calling that friend to say, hey, I wanted to check in and see how you're doing. We choose to cancel them. Or maybe we talk to another friend about them saying, hey, have you have you heard from Sarah? Yeah, I, I tried to reach out to her, but she didn't respond. She's obviously mad at me or she's not even worth my effort. In reality, Sarah may have just had a bad day or more likely, Sarah may have forgotten or Sarah may be so overwhelmed by the reality of life. She doesn't even have the energy to message you back. And she might even feel a little guilty because she knows it's been a while, but because she's barely hanging on because of the private crisis she's walking through, she didn't text you back. But we don't pick up the phone, at least not to call them to clarify. We'll call another friend instead to vent, or we'll share about it with another friend over coffee. But call that friend to clarify? (laughs) That's too awkward. That's too uncomfortable. I didn't really need that friendship in my life anyways. And this is the moment where I wish this wasn't a podcast where my audience is a stack of books and some dusty knickknacks. I wish we were all together because I know your eyes would be kind of bugging out and you'd be giggling in that half embarrassed half, oh, that's so painfully true kind of way. And I say that because if you're feeling those feels, you're not alone. We are really good at cultivating offense in our lives. We are really good at letting go of relationships because of misunderstandings and miscommunication. And we are really terrible at having hard conversations to clear things up. It's not just you. It's all of us. But we don't have to be terrible at this. We can actually grow up in this area, friends. Listen. This is the feisty, talented to you straight podcast, and I'm not at all mad about it because quite honestly, I'm just, I'm sick of seeing relationships fall apart because we are afraid to have the difficult conversations. And it doesn't mean that what other people have done to us is okay. Sometimes we're offended by others because they've really hurt us and we don't have to pretend that that's not true but rather than seek the easiest way out, being offended and canceling, let's be people who walk towards others bravely. People who seek to clarify when we're offended rather than just assume. And here's what happens when we don't choose to clarify. When instead we simply relay our offense to others. When we relay that story of offense to a friend, we are reliving the experience emotionally. We feel it again. We're charged up again with the offense. 
This is the act of cultivating offense in our lives. We are literally growing it and nurturing it in our heart. Or maybe we just vent online or share passive-aggressive posts. And while social media seems to amplify and normalize offense, it's been around so much longer than the internet. Growing up, there was always a friend's mom who was no longer speaking to her sister. When I would ask why, no one really knew. And often it wasn't that a single large incident had occurred. It was a lot of little things, little hurts that were never dealt with. It was death by a thousand cuts. And maybe growing up, you sensed some tension at family gatherings, or you watched your parents have a falling out with friends or with someone in their job or the church. Sometimes we knew why these fallouts occurred, but more often we didn't. And most likely they didn't either. We're just so comfortable with offense, way more comfortable than we are with the difficult and crucial conversations that move us from offense to understanding. And as I got older, I began to discover that all around me were friendships that faded, marriages that dissolved, and family members that stopped speaking and no one knew why. There had just been a tension building for a long time. Lots of little disappointments and miscommunications that were never dealt with or resolved. The tension keeps building like a balloon being stretched beyond capacity until one little thing is the last straw and it explodes and the relationship is over. Offense is miscommunication, a slight, a disappointment, a frustration, sometimes a word or an action done in person, but more often today it's through a screen, a text or an email of some sort. The loss of tone through these written forms of communication makes miscommunication far more likely. Have you ever received a text or an email and been immediately hurt only to reread it later with a different tone in your head and realized that maybe you got it wrong? An offense can even occur simply as a thought we cultivate in our head, an idea of what someone might have said or thought about us. And we build cases against these people. When we can't talk to others about it, we simply make the case in our head, running through one-sided arguments in the shower, in the car, as we fall asleep, or maybe even when we wake up in the middle of the night. Offense keeps us from a light and free heart. And building up walls around our heart or a fence around our heart doesn't help protect us. A hard heart is prone to shatter and break. But a soft heart can withstand what life and others throw at us and can offer grace and love in return while protecting us at the same time. When we learn to deal with the 1,000 little daily offenses that come our way, we will walk through this life lightly and freely running the race that has been marked out for us. Now, offense has the ability actually to keep us from various opportunities. I would even say keep us from our destiny. And sometimes we miss out on incredible opportunities in our own life because of offenses, because of hurt because of misunderstandings. And if you look at David in the Bible and check out his story where he goes to fight Goliath, David could have missed the biggest chance of his life if he had gotten distracted 
by offense. We read in 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. This is before David has gone to see Goliath. His older brother, Eliab, says, When Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he turned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David. Can't I even speak? And here's what happened. David didn't stop to fight his brother. He didn't get stuck in that place of offense. He moved on to the real enemy. He stayed focused on what his job was in the moment. And I think what can happen to us sometimes is we, we get distracted by offense in our lives that actually keeps us from doing the very things that God has planned for us. I know there is, there's one thing in my life that um, I can't share fully about right now, but um, an opportunity came my way about a year ago. And the packaging of this opportunity offended me. And I said to my husband, am I just being too sensitive about this? And he looked me in the eye and he said, yes, yes, you are. Now at that moment, I really wanted, I just want him to agree with me. Like I just want him to say, no, you're not. You're not being too sensitive. Yes, that, that person is in the wrong. Um, but I'm so thankful that he never lets me be the worst version of myself. He spoke into that moment and said, yeah, you're, you're being too sensitive here. And so I actually was able to move past the distraction of offense. And because I did that, it actually opened an incredible opportunity for me that I, I would have missed out on. And I often look back at this. I would have missed out on this incredible opportunity if I gotten stuck in offense and just been distracted by this offense. So that's something I think, um, I think we really can learn from what, what are the opportunities we are missing out? What are the things that God might be bringing our way that the packaging might be a little bit offensive? And there might be things that come our way, just like in David's story, where he could have just stopped there, picked a fight with his brother and been done for the day. And he never, he never would have met Goliath. So that's a side point I really wanted to share with you. Now, as I close, how do we know if we are cultivating offense in our heart? I think the challenge is sometimes some of these things are so habitual. And I think the best way to identify is just um, hearing what comes out of our mouth. Matthew twelve thirty four talks about out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's What's planted in our heart, it always comes out of our mouth. And sometimes it's not just the words. Um, sometimes it's the tone. So how does it sound? Does it sound accusing? Does it sound shaming? Condemning? Judging? Because that, that sounds more like the tone of the enemy than the tone of God. 
And I want to say if if there's things coming out of your mouth, you're like, oh, that is gross. I have been slandering someone. There has been gossip. It has been, I've been building a case against somebody else. Can I just say, you can take that to God right now. If there's something that's come up in this podcast, there's things that come up and I've talked about this lots here. Those things that come up, that's conviction. And conviction is not condemnation. Conviction comes up for our freedom. So if something pops up, that's just a chance for us to say, God, like down on my knees, I confess I have been building a case against this person in my heart. I confess I have been making comments and slanderous things online or God, I, I just confess to really like cultivating offense in this area. Um, that's, that's the path to freedom. Conviction is often an opportunity or invitation to deeper freedom. So if you have any of that right now, I just say, you can just stop the, stop the podcast right now. Go spend that time with God. You will feel so much lighter and freer when we try to avoid those things that God's bring up in our life. We push them down or push them to the side. Um, that just makes us so, so tangled, which is the language I've used um, in my course, in my book. But it is through confession and repentance we have freedom. I also want to say, I have a whole podcast on this. I love talking about it. I still have things that offend me. There's still things that God is working in me and through me. I haven't arrived. I don't think we ever arrive in this area, but there is an awareness that God is bringing us for more freedom. The other thing I want to say as we close is that learning to live an unoffended life takes self-control. And one of my children, when whenever I'm talking to her about the, the language she's used, the, the attitude she's used, she just says to me, I can't, I can't do it. I don't have the control. I just can't do it, mom. I'm like, you know what? Some of that comes with as we grow up and we mature, but some of it is just learning to grow in self-control. And God does not leave us alone in this. Second Timothy 1, 7 I've not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and self-control. That is the spirit inside of us. The problem is sometimes we just kind of brush it to the side because we really want to indulge. We want to indulge in slander or gossip. It just, there's lots in the Proverbs where it talks about how good those things feel. And they, they do. It's... There's a reason those things are tempting because they actually, it feels really good. If we're, if we're sitting with a friend, this is what would happen to me. I'm sitting with a friend, another friend's name or their picture would pop into my head. And I just, I just ask a question. It always starts off really innocent. I'm just going to ask a question about that other, that mutual friend that we have. But I'm not really asking a question out of concern. I'm asking a question because Gossip feels good. Slander feels good. I don't know if it feels good because I'm gaining some sort of information or feeling like I'm better than someone. Um, but that just leads to absolute corruption in my own heart. When you begin to realize that judgment, gossip, offense, all those things are, are way more damaging to your own heart 
than to the other person, it is way easier to throw them off because you realize I do not want to damage my own heart because that is just me walking around with so much heaviness. And that is me um, having so much anxiety bloom out of those seeds in my heart. So that for me has been the biggest thing to throw that off. Um, but 2 Timothy 1.7, we have self-control. We need to exercise that self-control. Um, I want to share two more things. I feel like I've, I've shared about that I'm going to close for so long. Um, not everyone is going to be kind. Not everyone is going to welcome us. And even Jesus talked about this. Matthew 10, 14, it says, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. And in many ways, um, the daily practice of learning to live unoffended, it helps us when genuine offense comes our way. So most of the time, I would say people aren't, people are not intentionally trying to hurt us or offend us, but then some people are. And so when we practice learning to live unoffended, when we practice learning to live with that light and free heart, when things come our way, it is far easier for us to be able to shake the dust off of those things to keep our eyes focused, right? Think about David. When his brother is coming at him, he's like, I'm going to shake the dust. I'm not even going to worry about like, I just don't, can you imagine him just like rolling his eyes and being like, here we go again. Here's my brother. And he's always like, he's like, what now? <laughs> he's like, can I even speak? But he didn't let that stop him. He shook the dust off of it. And he, he ran the race that he was intended to run. Speaking of running the race, I am going to finish with Hebrews 12.1, which is our other theme verse for this podcast. I shared um, last week the verse from Romans. So 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And that is offense. Offense tangles us. So let's throw it off. Let's run the race that has been marked out for us. If you feel like this podcast really struck a chord with you, um, grab my Tangled course that is going to help you do some of the deep dive heart work that is going to help you get free and run your race. Thanks for listening today. And I trust it has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive. And I want to share a little caveat from that episode. I use the word destiny. I don't always love the word destiny. And so I do want to clarify, I don't think if we make mistakes along the way that we're somehow totally screwing up God's plan for our life. Um, I think he really does redeem all things. And so... Um, I just want to clarify as I was sharing about that idea about opportunities. I do think we can get in our own way and there are places we can get stuck. And so um, that's my clarification. I hope that helps. And I really do hope this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. 
And I'm not gonna ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am gonna ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.